Our reading this morning is taken from Acts um, chapter 11, verses 1 to 18. And it's on page, well, at least in this Bible, it's 1918. Um, Peter explains his actions. The apostles and the believers throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him and said, you went into the house of uncircumcised men and ate with them. Starting from the beginning, Peter told them the whole story. I was in the city of Joppa praying and in a trance I saw a vision. I saw something like a large sheet being let down from heaven by its four corners, and it came down to where I was. I looked into it and saw four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, reptiles, and birds. Then I heard a voice telling me, get up, Peter, kill and eat. I said, surely not, Lord, nothing impure or unclean has ever entered my mouth. The voice spoke from heaven a second time, Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and then it was all pulled up to heaven again. Right then, three men who had been sent to me from Caesarea stopped at the house where I was staying. The Spirit told me to have no hesitation about going with them. These six brothers also went with me, and we entered the man's house. He told us how he had seen an angel appear in his house and say, send to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He will bring you a message through which you and all your household will be saved. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit came on them as he had come on us at the beginning. And then I remembered what the Lord had said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So if God gave them the same gift he gave us when, who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to think that I could stand in God's way? When they heard this, they had no further objections and praised God, saying, so then, even to Gentiles, God has granted repentance that leads to life. This is the word of the Lord. morning everyone. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for your presence among us this morning by your spirit and by your word. Well, thank you so much for the reading we just heard from Angela. We pray that you come by uh, your spirit, your Holy Spirit in us now. Speak to us, we pray. Give us vision, Lord. Give us visitors that bring good news to our church. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, We are continuing that series of sermons on the book of Acts. We're beginning Acts 1, beginning of May. And today we are in Acts 10, 11, which is one passage, really. And it's a pivotal moment in the life of uh, the church, in the life of um, the spreading of the gospel. Because so far, the gospel was contained uh, to the 
Jewish people, to the Jewish world. And for the first time, it's going to be preached and received by what we call Gentiles. So it means other tribes, other nations. And I want to talk about this this morning, um, this idea of um, the same gift being shared uh, with all tribes, all nations. And more specifically, I want to talk about Peter's second conversion. Peter's second conversion. Because, of course, Peter, the great apostle Peter, uh, he has been through uh, his first conversion. Uh, we know that at the resurrection, Jesus um, was on that uh, shore, uh, beach of Galilee, um, of the Sea of Galilee, and met with Peter, and he asked him, do you love me, Peter? Do you love me, Peter? Do you love me, Peter? And Peter, of course, um, was really uh, converted to Christ and, and, and follower of Christ at that moment. But this morning, I want to talk about Peter's second conversion, where his heart is going to be converted to the world. Um, in his autobiography, Gandhi, uh, Gandhi wrote about his time he was living in, in London. He was training to become a lawyer at University College, and uh, at the time he was reading the Gospels, he was interested into the Christian faith. And he was struck by the fact that Jesus was uh, embracing in the Gospel also all sorts of people. Um, and it was really, Gandhi was really attracted by this at a time where his country uh, was torn apart by social and racial and religious schism. And Gandhi thought seriously of becoming a Christian at the time. And so he went to church and he, he wrote that in his autobiography. And he visited the church and at the end of the service there were an opportunity to meet with the vicar. And he went there, but someone, a church warden or a usher, um, forbade him to, to go and meet the vicar and um, telling him to go away and worship with his own people. So Gandhi left and never returned to a church. And he, he says that in his autobiography. If Christians have cast differences also, I might as well remain an Hindu. It was racial prejudice of that man who simply failed to understand that um, the love of God, the gospel, has uh, a universal uh, reach, really. It's cross-national, cross-racial, cross-gender. Um, the gospel embraced everyone. And that failure to grasp that tragically turned uh, Gandhi to start his um, journey with Christ. And in our passage this morning, Acts 10 and 11, we are discovering an, an extraordinary uh, conversion, Cornelius, Cornelius' conversion, a change of heart, a change of mind. But before Jesus can convert Cornelius, uh, Jesus needs to convert Peter to Cornelius. Before Jesus Christ can convert Cornelius, he needs to convert Peter to Cornelius. At that point, Peter is the head of the church with the other apostles and apostles. He's seen the, the power of God manifested in many ways. Uh, at Pentecost, they received the Spirit. More than 3,000 people get converted that day. And that's amazing, but there is so much more uh, God wants to do through Peter. But before he can do it through Peter, he needs to do something in his heart, a work in Peter. You know? Uh, conversion, true conversion, is not only an awakening to 
to God is also an awakening to the lost, to the world. Uh, it's not only to love God with all our hearts, mind, and strength, but it's also to love our neighbor as ourselves. You know, when Jesus uh, answered that question from the religious people of his time, what is the greatest commandment? And Jesus didn't answer the first commandment is to love God. And the second one is to uh, love your neighbor if you start and you sort out uh, loving God. But it was his answer, Jesus' answer was twofold. It was at the same time love God and love your neighbor as ourselves, as yourselves. And Peter, in our text, uh, he loves Christ. As we said, he, he had this amazing encounter uh, just after the resurrection. Um, and to this point, but to this point, he didn't love yet his neighbor. Often, I believe that often our, our difficulties, our attitudes uh, are uh, difficult to change, to transform, and especially our hearts towards the people that are not like us. So the thing is that um, Peter was prejudiced, as we call it, and prejudiced for two reasons. Uh, prejudiced, first of all, culturally, uh, because his nation, the Jewish people, have been subjected uh, to repeated invasions and occupation. You know that the Romans um, were occupying uh, Galilee and Palestine, and, and, and Peter grew up in that uh, in that setting, in that context. And when he was a kid, we've got kids at the back, five, four years old, he has seen many men being crucified in Galilee. Uh, there is this Roman uh, historian that recounts that 5,000 men have been caught uh, by the Roman and been crucified. And little Peter or little Jesus even, they've seen that in the road of Galilee, dead bodies and, and so on. And we can assume, we can say that Peter hated Romans. He hated them. That's, that was uh, the case. And, and in a minute, um, God is going to ask Peter to convert Cornelius, a Roman centurion. And a Roman centurion, uh, it's that very sort of people who was in charge of uh, leading death squad when he was a kid. So culturally, the Jewish people didn't get on well with their neighbors um, because of sometimes good reason and we can understand. And secondly, the Jewish people, theologically, they knew that they were special. They were the seed of Abraham. They were uh, set apart to be a light to all nations. They were set apart to be, a bless to, to be blessed, to be a blessing to all nations. And that we know from the Old Testament. But the thing is that in the um, Jewish story that we've got so often, uh, the Jewish people uh, have been just a light to themselves. So Peter was a, a good Jew. He was um, living a, a kosher lifestyle. He was not eating uh, what we, we call impure or unclean um, food. But the problem is that there is going to have a, a theological change, a theological revolution. And what would it take for Peter to experience that revolution? It would take three things, three visions, three voices heard, and three uh, visitors. And you know in the Bible where uh, when things are said three times, it's always like uh, uh, God saying something definitely. Like, you know, in the Revelation, holy, holy, holy. Or like we said, Peter on the beach of the Sea of Galilee, do you love me? Uh, Jesus saying to Peter, and three times it's coming back. And here it's very funny that we've got this um, striking, that we've got these three things. 
And Peter is praying in the afternoon, at noon, around noon, he's uh, hungry, and he's got that vision of a sheet. And the Lord brings in that revelation. He has a picture of a sheet of four corners coming down. The four corners refers to the four corners of the earth in the Bible, usually, like in Revelation, or the whole earth. And um, when he's got that vision, it comes with a voice. And it says, kill it and eat it. On that sheet, you've got all manners of animals, uh, some clean, some unclean. And of course, you've got rabbits, um, you've got crayfish, snakes, things that were prohibited by the ceremonial law in the Levitical law in the, in, the, in the Torah. And the voice says, go, kill it and eat it. But Peter answered, not a chance. I never eat rabbits, I'm not a French, and the vision and the voice is repeated three times. Repeated three times. And Peter answered, no, no, I won't eat it. And it's, it's uh, striking because uh, he resisted, you know, the, the voice and the vision. But then came the three visitors to him. And Peter had to learn when it comes to uh, the ceremonial law, the segregation of diets, uh, that Christ just cancelled it, annulled that. You know, Christ just uh, annulled the ceremonial law. And sometimes we take it for granted, but um, in our world there are so many people that still have... Uh, you know, diets, uh, in terms of religious diet, I'm not talking about uh, medicine, and, um, but uh, Muslim, our fr our friend, Muslim friends or our, our Jewish friends, they still uh, keep uh, the, the, the ceremonial uh, diet. But Christ is changing that. And for Peter, the thing is that, um, you know, Peter was sent by the apostles uh, during the great, what we call the Great Commission, Matthew 28, when Jesus said to uh, his disciples go and make of all nations disciples. And of course, Peter has been uh, sent for, for that, and he has now to speak to Gentiles, to other tribes, in order to fulfill the Great Commission. He had to uh, now eat with them, to, uh, to speak with them, and it's quite a revolution. Probably Peter had never uh, been invited to, uh, or accepted and invited, uh, an invitation to a, a Gentile a home. He, of course, Peter preached the gospel in Judea, first of all. But God now is saying that the gospel, this gospel, the good news of Jesus, needs to be outside the traditional walls of Judaism. But Peter, racial, prejudiced, militated against his obedience of the Great Commission. And we are so often prejudiced we are so often prejudiced, we don't even know we are sometimes. But we can be prejudiced when we think um, we are superior to others. We are prejudiced when we think someone else, uh, because of their hair color, because of their education, of their social origin, or their social standing, or their accent, or their financial standing, when we think we are better than them, we are prejudiced. And it can also be flipped over, you know, when we think that they are better than us. That's also a prejudice. So the question this morning is really, what are we prejudiced about? What is the Lord is telling us through his spirit? Who are we prejudiced towards? Because we need to listen to the Lord in order to fulfill the Great Commission. And in the flesh, I am so prejudiced. In the natural, um, you know, I can't hide it, but I'm French. 
French people tend to be arrogant, I've been told. I don't know if it's true. <laughs> but we are world champion, that's true. And, and you know, but, thank you. But even, even during the, um, the semi-final, we played against Belgium. France played against Belgium. And you had this nationalistic thing about uh, Belgium. You know, French people, they make jokes about Belgium, Belgian people. And, and the underlying of that is, is prejudice, to be honest. And I need to repent of that. You know, football is great as a sport. And, but also, sometimes, there are the, that nationalistic, nationalistic thing. And we are so prejudiced. But God said in uh, Romans 2, Paul is saying in Romans 2, God shows no partiality. You know, God doesn't love any more or less uh, rich people, poor people. Uh, God doesn't love the Muslim more than the Catholics does. God doesn't uh, love less or more uh, female, male, young, old. God loves us all. And... Of course, we can look at that in the gospel. Jesus, the Christ, was utterly unprejudiced in the gospel. He, 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 he gathered around him tax collectors that were working with the Romans and uh, political zealots, Jews, Greeks, prostitutes, priests, and everyone was around him. So prejudice is a big uh, obstruction to mission. We need to be changed in our hearts and to have that second conversion like Peter experienced uh, that day in Acts 11. You know, to, to, to hang around with people we never choose to go. Church is not a club, my friends. The church is uh, a place where we worship the Lord and we are sent in mission and fulfilling the Great Commission. And it's striking that in the text uh, they receive the same gift. That's the title of our sermon this morning. And, and we see that Peter is coming to that house of Cornelius, the Roman centurion, and the Spirit of God, as he preached, comes on them. And they are amazed and they think, oh, if they've been receiving the same gift, the Holy Spirit, what could prevent them to be baptized from water? Who is your Cornelius this morning? Who is my Cornelius this morning? The vision of St. Barnabas, um, you know that is on the service sheet, but recently, since Andy, as we were discussing it with Andy last week, um, he was recalling me a different kind of vision people have been given him uh, the last year since he arrived. And, and some of this vision for our church was um, St. Barnabas being like a, a, a well and, and the water uh, the living water from that well uh, gushing and flowing around and out the doors and to the community and, and different kind of vision. Maybe some of us have shared visions with Andy, I'm sure you have. And, and speaking about that, you know, St. Barnabas being in the middle of its community, reaching out to uh, the school with God and reaching out to the people in the, in the Holland Park, for example, or High Street or different parts of the parish. And, and this idea that God is doing a new thing here and, and, and that the Lord is speaking. And that's exactly what uh, in that passage we, we, we're talking about, you know, the, the French Connect or the, the Farsi community, the Iranian community with God, or, or, or all the community, the English-speaking, of course, community, which is important as well. But, but all these areas, you know what I mean? The Lord is doing something at St. Barnabas and giving, and giving um, his visions, really, and, and his voice. So... Who is uh, your Cornelius this morning? Um, as a church, 
as, as individuals. That's the question. Who is it that the Lord is already giving the same gift outside the church and that we need to reach out to them and sent and be sent by the Spirit and by God's voice? Let's pray together. Father God, thank you so much that you are an abandoned and generous Lord and provider. Well, thank you so much that you give uh, your gift, the Holy Spirit, to all of us, all of those who have decided to follow your son, Jesus. And Lord, we pray that this morning, uh, as we consider that question, who is my Cornelius at work, at home, in my community, you would speak to us, Lord. You would show us visions of what you are already doing in the life of so many, Lord. So that, Lord, is sent by your Spirit, in your strength, in your power, we could preach or show the gospel, Lord, to them. And Lord, as we uh, have that August month in front of us where we will be in a different rhythm, Lord, we pray that as we come to pray uh, uh, to you as Peter was doing, you will reveal things, Lord. Continue to speak to your people, Lord. We need you to fulfill the Great Commission.